Hi, this is Kelly McMenamin, author of Organize Your Way, Simple Strategies for Every Personality Type, and you're listening to My Quest for the Best with Bill Ringel. Listen up, small business founders, senior managers, and rising stars. Bill Ringel here, host of My Quest for the Best, the podcast for ambitious small business leaders. On each episode, I bring you the inside stories from published and accomplished experts who want to share their knowledge and experiences in order to help you be more successful in leading your people, managing your business, and navigating toward more growth and more impact in a changing and challenging landscape. Let's dive in. Joining me today is Kelly McMenamin. Kelly is an author, organizing coach, and speaker, and co-founder of Pixies Did It, a company dedicated to helping clients organize according to personality type. Their motto is that while life isn't always easy, organizing should be. She previously worked as a hedge fund analyst at the Federal Reserve Bank of New York and earned a BA from Barnard College and an MBA from the Tuck School at Dartmouth. Kelly lives in New York City with her husband and three sons and is here to talk about her book, Organize Your Way. Simple Strategies for Every Personality. Welcome, Kelly. Thanks for having me, Bill. Let me just ask you, Kelly, when you were growing up, who's somebody who influenced or inspired you? Margaret Thatcher. For me, she became Prime Minister of Great Britain in 1979. So for me, I grew up in a world where I knew that even as a, even though it was, you know, in the 70s and the 80s, I could do anything I wanted in life, that anything was possible if it was something that I wanted. And I really lived by that from going into finance and kind of a male-dominated field to starting my own small business. So growing up, did you follow Margaret Thatcher? Did you have a poster of her? Well, I definitely had lots of books that were written about her. And I did follow her in the news as, as much as you can when you're little. And probably even more so in my 20s, looking back at how amazing it was to have a woman be the longest running prime minister in the 20th century in Great Britain. So I, I admire her tenacity, her work ethic, and those are things I emulated throughout my life. Can you remember a time in one of your early work positions, when you can look at a decision you made or how you handled a, um, a situation and actually see the influence of looking up to Margaret Thatcher evident in that example? Yes, I think waking up early, always being better prepared than everybody else in a meeting. And I, I remember learning that she woke up at 4 a.m. And it wasn't so much that she was necessarily smarter than everybody, but she was more prepared. And that's really how I was as a student and then as an analyst at you know the various places I worked from the Federal Reserve Bank to the hedge funds I worked at as an analyst. Can you remember a particular meeting where either was at the Federal Reserve or one of the hedge funds where you were in there and you knew that because of the preparation you did, you were going to be able to add unique value to that meeting? Yes. One time I was you know, in one of our morning meetings. This is when I was working for a hedge fund and my portfolio manager asked me about a stock I knew. And I think he thought I was going to take me by surprise on something he had read in the paper, but I had already read that paper. I had already made calls to because I had gotten to the office ahead of him and I had made calls to several of our salespeople at other banks and gotten even more research. So even though he thought he was the one giving me the information, I was ahead of the game. And so instead of me leaving that meeting, making a fool of myself or looking like I was caught without knowing what was happening to one of my own positions, he left and I left the meeting feeling pretty good that I knew what was going on and I was on top of it. And I've always been the person who tries to be on top of things and just so you don't get caught looking foolish. That's an easy way to look at the importance of organizing. 
is making sure that you're able to pull up information, making sure that you are prepared for getting what you need, and finding something that works functionally for you. Kelly, tell me how you got started with this, working with your older sister, who you co-wrote the book with, and actually realized that there was something here that was beyond just organizing. It probably stems from when we were little and forced to share. I had to walk through a room to get to her bedroom, to get to my bedroom. And she was always a mess. We were two very different peas stuck in the same pod. And her room looked like a war zone. And then you'd come into mine and you had stuffed animals lined up perfectly on a bed. And we've always been different. And I got my MBA. She got her MFA. I do to-do list. She almost never does. And I make my bed every day. She almost never does. So we always knew we were really different and we took different courses in life journeys, so to speak. And when I was working in finance, I was trying to help her get more organized. I thought if I could just get her to organize my way, things would be a little bit easier for her. But she could, I could never get her to stay organized the way I thought she should. And one day she hired an organizer who actually helped her kind of stay organized for longer than I'd ever seen her. Was that a surprise to you that she had hired someone? No, because she had already told me that she wasn't staying organized when I helped her because I wasn't a professional organizer. So she hired a professional organizer. And I thought, actually, this person might be onto something. And Katie stayed organized for a little bit longer than she ever would when I helped tried to help her. One day I went over to her house and she torn up a lot of this woman had done looking for her kids' birth certificates because she was trying to make passwords for them. And she said she had this pile. She keeps all of her important papers in and it's just gone and she doesn't know where it is and she's just tearing apart her house. And I asked her if she looked in the filing cabinet this professional organizer had set out for her and she said no. So I went over to the filing cabinet, looked under B. There was a file for birth certificates. I opened it up and their birth certificates. And she looked at me amazed. I remember her asking me, like, why did you think to look there? I just looked at her like, why wouldn't you think to look in a filing cabinet under B? But in that moment of both of us being incredulous with each other, I realized our brains are just wired so differently that maybe she needed different systems. And it was something she had said before that maybe she needed different systems. She was different. And I was like, there's only one way. (laughs) There's one way to organize my way. But in that moment, I thought, no, my God, if you can't even think to look under B in a filing cabinet for birth certificates, your brain is wired differently. And from there, we experimented with creating a piling system for her. Her desk was always like one big pile when not being organized by a professional organizer. So we did an archaeological dig in that pile on her desk. It's something we recommend in our book, Organize Your Way, for people who have not created a piling system yet. And what we found was about seven categories. And we put them on a bookshelf. We put structure, open structure around them, put labels on them. And she really never had that big pile again. And she never really had that moment again. I don't know where these birth certificates are. It happens a lot with organizers coming in and imposing what they think organizing is. There's one way. It's about organization at its core is about retrieval. Can you find something when you need it without stressing out? And Katie had a rudimentary system. She had a pile for really important documents. And clearly the organizer saw this pile and was like, oh my God, why are these birth certificates just sitting in a pile? and put them in a file folder in a filing cabinet. But for certain personality types, filing cabinets are almost like mausoleums. That's where you put things to that you never are going to retrieve, like a dead body or <laughs> insurance policy. And um, it's just out of sight, out of mind. Exactly. And so really the piling system 
is a way for those people to have a filing system, have some order and structure to what they naturally do, which is pile things. And naturally where they would seek to not only put things, but where they think, oh, it might be in that pile over there. It's just how the brain works. And a lot of people are looking in their piles rather than in the filing system that had been set up. Mm -hmm. And I think during the pandemic, many of us in we're all working from home in many cases for extended periods or intermittent periods are finding that we're in much closer quarters with our family members and children who are organizing in different ways. And maybe people are feeling more of that pressure to retrieve things or just to set boundaries with the ways that they're organizing because it could be upsetting. It could be stressful to not have things organized in a way that works for everyone. One of the things that I think that people listening are going to find very appealing is that you talk about organizing your way because there are underlying methods that work more effectively for people at different personality types than others. Mm -hmm. And as you just highlighted, it does come together that way. Where did you get the idea to organize according to people's personality types? So it's not just about communication, but it's also about how you relate, how you build relationships with the stuff you have to manage. Really, my sister and I grew up steeped in uh, personality type theory. My mom went back to our mother, uh, went back to get her master's in art therapy when we were teenagers, and she learned all about Myers-Briggs. So we had always, as a family, used Myers-Briggs as a way to understand each other and our differences and and be respectful of them um, as much as we possibly could, which is going back when you're cohabitating together and you're really different. It is helpful to be like, you know what, that's not personal. It's just who they are. They manage time differently. And so that's really a genesis of the personality type theory is that Katie and I knew we were just different and, and were respectful of it. And I think over time, living together and me trying to get her to organize my way and failing, you really, that's what the underpinning of what helped us think or had create the hunch that different personality types organized in different ways. And when we started the company, Pixies did it. We gave our, we became, you know, Myers-Briggs certified and gave each of our clients a Myers-Briggs personality assessment, which is a, a big ask for sometimes you just want somebody to organize your home, but almost everybody did it. And it allowed us to really observe each of our clients and their habits, knowing who their Myers-Briggs was. And from there, we could figure out what strengths were for certain personality types. And ultimately we found that there was four overarching types and you know, we gave them our names for them, classic, fun, smart, and organic. Underneath those four overarching, there's actually eight in total, but those are the four main ones. And so that's really how it came to be. So interesting is that you've been able to extract some of the core from this well-established psychology test And in the book, I took the quiz. I had my wife take the quiz so that we understood and can talk about it in interesting ways. Mm -hmm. And it really helped to explain. It gave us some good language as well as some terrifically useful tips for being able to understand how our personality is more attractive and functional with different systems. And the the quiz in our book, Organize Your Way, or the quiz on our website, isn't as psychometrically tested as a Myers-Briggs, but 
it's like a quick and dirty way of figuring out who you are. And if you're, if you understand Myers-Briggs, you can go on there and read about the different organizing styles on pixiesdidit.com and you'll be able to figure out who you are. And they usually correspond. And, and the same thing as Myers-Briggs practitioners always tell you, make sure you go with the one you identify with rather than necessarily what you get from a quiz. Cause it, you really do have to identify with who you are. Cause sometimes we get really good at knowing how you should be. So you could be somebody who's maybe a little quote unquote messier, like a piler, but no, because society, almost half of the world are classics and we're, that's me and I'm, we think there's one way to organize. So you've probably been lectured by us on how to have a to-do list and how a place for everything and everything and it's a place. So just remember whenever you look at a quiz, whether it's Myers-Briggs or Pixies organizing style quiz, just go with the answer that feels right. Kelly, can you talk about when you started to link these two together? One of the early successes that where the light really went on, because many of us have been through different trainings and had coaches in to help us understand how to organize systems better. But I'm sure that you saw the light go on for people when you said, you know what, this system's not going to work for you because it's not congruent with your personality type. Mm -hmm. Do you remember an example of that where somebody really said, oh my gosh, this is something that's going to help me with the two big criteria. One is that I, I can use it for retrieval of important things when I want it. And secondly, that it's sustainable. It's not just a system that decomposes or self implodes. I'm going to give you an example of a segment I saw on CNBC that really cemented this business for me. Because even though I had started this business and I was a year into Pixies Did It and maybe even two years at this point and trying to tell clients that they can do things unconventionally because they work for how their brain works. It was a part of me because classics we are usually the organizers of the world. We use file cabinets. We're detail-oriented. Like I said, a place for everything in its place that I think I'm right. It's really hard for me to fight. <laughs> that I want to make everybody do it my way, but it's not what's going to work for them in terms of retrieving what they need when they need it. But I would tell people, if something's unconventional, it'll work for you. But it was hard because I didn't really buy it. And one morning I was up early watching CNBC and Sir Richard Branson was on and he and I couldn't be two more different human beings, but I respect him and his success in the business this world. So I'm watching him talk about a new venture. And I noticed that there's something written on the back of his hand. And I couldn't believe it because that's something my sister does. She writes things on the back of her hand when it's something really important in pen, obviously, that she can't forget. And then Sharpie, right? <laughs> They almost, usually ballpoint. I think it writes smoother on skin. <laughs> Not that I've ever done it. <laughs> but I saw that. And at the end of the interview, talking about his new, whatever his newest business venture was, one of the anchors dismissively was like, is there something written on the back of your hand? And nonplussed, Sir Branson looked at his hand, saw that it was still there and said, oh yeah, that's uh, my backup system. I was at a party last night I, and usually I carry a small notebook and a pen. So when people have good ideas, I write them down so I don't ever lose a good idea or miss out on it. And I didn't have it. So this is my backup system. And then the anchor was like, why don't you use a cocktail napkin? That's what everybody does. And he looked at him, no smile and said, I would lose a cocktail napkin. And then it was like radio silence. It was almost a little embarrassing for the anchors because he wasn't apologetic. That is a weird, unconventional system, but it is his backup system. And the fact that he owned and knew that he would never retrieve a cocktail napkin, 
that that would just be gone. And so once I saw that, I thought, oh my God, here's Richard Branson, who is a little more monetarily business-wise successful than my sister. And he has the same system, but it works for her and it works for him. And it's not their everyday system. It's a backup system. But I use as an example with clients because other people do respect him as well. And it's a great way for people to see that a lot of times it's about you knowing what works for you in order to be organized and also owning it and not apologizing or being embarrassed um, because you realize that same thing had happened to an intern at CNBC. They probably would have been embarrassed and been like, oh my God. Whereas if they said, no, it's my backup system and then moved on, the other person's left going, oh, okay. <laughs> if it works, right? Why am I arguing? And it does fulfill the two critical criteria of an organizing system in one, that it helps you retrieve the information. And secondly, that it's sustainable. He's always got that with him. Yep. <laughs> and he, he knows his strengths and his weaknesses. Like he's going to lose a cocktail napkin. My sister would lose a cocktail napkin. And who's to say a cocktail napkin, writing on a cocktail napkin, that's not normal either. Like, it's just funny if that was somehow considered superior to writing on your hand. He knew it worked. And I think that was the end of the conversation. It was. It, was, it felt bad for the anchor afterward. <laughs> Important interviewing tip. Mm-hmm. Don't make funny who you're interviewing. <laughs> So Kelly, when you and your sister started using this system and sharing it with your clients, what were some of the comments you got from people who had never been able to make an organizing system work before? Uh, you know, one or two specific examples that helped you understand that this was a unique approach. I think the main feedback we've gotten, if I think about profound impact on people life people's lives is really pilers which is about half the population and their organics and smarts and it's knowing where you could put paper so that it isn't a decision it's just a decision that's made for you because when you set up a piling system you have already gone through and known what categories come into someone's life you've gone through all their papers and so when they have a, something comes in their life, they're like, oh, this is work or this is employee stuff. All of a sudden, everything is right there and you can just pop it in there really easily. And it makes organizing easy. One time we worked with this lovely woman, Robin. She was a big executive at a large fund in their human resources. And we helped her create a filing system. She actually was detail-oriented. She was a classic. And she used files at work and just didn't have them at home. So she just had a huge piles of stuff for her life at home that were not organized in any way. So you could actually walk into her home and think, oh, maybe she's a piler. Maybe she's smart or an organic. But she was a classic who just hadn't set up a filing system for herself at home. So a lot of times that's really what we find is that people are so busy that when they come home, they don't even set up a system that works for them. So for her, just even recreating what works for her in the office, which is a filing cabinet, files, inbox, outbox, we put that right by her entry way. And she finally was able to manage a larger portion of her personal life. Because if your personal life is a mess, it really does start impacting your professional life. And Robin was just so thankful. And as she moved different apartments, we helped her set up a couple other apartments. Eventually she got engaged. And I remember we were leaving after setting things up and she was dealing with conflicting habits of her new fiance. And she's, do you know how to get my fiance to stop putting clothes on top of the hamper? (laughs) And 
I thought to myself, oh my God, getting somebody to change habits is so hard. I don't know what to tell her. And I looked at the hamper and I thought, oh, just take the lid off. And she looked at me like I had come up with a E equals MC squared. She's, oh my God, you're right. I was like, yeah, because then he'll just toss it in there. One step. And that was the beginning uh, of us coming up with one of our pieces of advice in our book, Organize Your Way, which is try to make things as simple as possible. Keep the old KISS principle, keep it simple, stupid. We call it one-step organizing, but that's Robin. I, I give her and her complaint credit for, for us coming up with that. That's terrific. Kelly, are you ready for the My Quest for the Best lightning round? Yes, Bill. I am ready for the lightning round. So earlier I asked you about a person who influenced you growing up, and you talked about Margaret Thatcher. Yes. When you were a teenager, what's a song you loved? Dancing in the Moonlight. The reason I love it is I used to set my alarm to turn on, not an alarm, but music, like an old alarm radio clock. And whenever that song would come on, the tune would make me just want to charge at my day. It was, and it still remains the one song that can get me to jump out of bed and be so psyched for my day. So I think it started there and it hasn't stopped. It's still one of my favorite songs. So during the pandemic, your mission is to help people understand that there are systems that if you keep it simple and you work with your personality, you can organize your way. What's the most effective way that you found to get the word out about your mission each week? I post a lot of information on social media. We do a weekly blog and I work with clients virtually as well as in person still, but uh, a lot more virtually these days. And I would tell anyone that whenever you set up any system, you want to make sure it's as simple and easy as possible so that it works with what you naturally do rather than you trying to change a habit and it's easy to find things. Have you had clients tell you, oh boy, it was because of your blog post or because of your video or because of your interview that they reached out to you? Yeah. Actually, in our early days, our blog and our website was the only way we got clients. I mean, now too, it's word of mouth, it's following our blog, it's following social media for a while and then contacting us. So yeah, it is, it is a main avenue to find us. Kelly, what's the best advice you ever received? Never give up. I suppose that's Winston Churchill. I know where that comes from. Never, ever, ever give up. (laughs) Winston. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess I'm all about British politicians. You are. My goodness. Those 1940s and 50s made such an impact. Mm -hmm. So what would you say is the best $100 purchase you've made in the last six months? Definitely something at a container store from my fridge. I find when you have a bunch of people at home in a pandemic, fridges tend to get a little disorderly. So I think I bought a couple bins to keep the yogurts in line. And that creates more happiness than it probably should. But a, a disproportionate amount based yes. upon the investment, right? Well said. Yes, I'm embarrassed to say, yes. You have yep. to own it. <laughs> I am who I am. That is my way. So the best business advice you ever received is never give up. And I love that you took that virtually from Winston Churchill. What's the best advice you ever gave? I would say to have fun, to find something in life that you like doing so that the advice I give it to people because I think it's really true. Because then if you are doing something that you think is fun, it doesn't feel like work. And then you really do want to get out of bed. Because I've done things in my life work-wise that it was really hard to get out of bed. But once you really like what you're doing, it's a lot easier to jump up and be excited to do it as long as you like it. And I tell my boys that every day. I'm like, do what you love in life and the money will follow. That is such great advice to give to our children as well as to our staff is to find things that you really enjoy, that you're good at, and you get better and better at all the time. 
because that's where you'll be able to make some of the best contributions. Mm-hmm. Agree. Yeah. And you can think about it as a career, but you can also think about it within the career of what you're doing. You can switch it up. I remember a friend in finance, we were both analysts together and she liked finance, but she, and she stayed in finance, but she ended up going into marketing and she just hit out of the ballpark. But she's a marketer for a multi-billion dollar hedge fund and she's made a ton of money and is super happy because she loves it. And she wasn't as happy as an analyst. So it's, she's still working working for a hedge fund, but just in a different capacity that she really loves more. That's terrific. Let's jump out for a moment and talk about what people get wrong with trying to organize themselves without understanding the system. One of the things that I I love, and maybe you could talk a little bit about how you decided to use the name Pixies Did It, but there is a lightness to this approach. I love in the book how every style and every room that you go through in the house from the entryway through the home office have checklists and it has a structure and it's repeatable. And you have these wonderful before and after graphics that show people what it's like and what are the key areas to focus in on. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting and so impactful to be able to see this and then use it as a template for your own home. How did you get the idea to do this? And what were some of the ideas that inspired you to put the book together this way? It's really how the advice we give people. So we started off with the entryway because that's really where we always start with clients because everything that is in your home or goes out goes through your entryway. So if you have a system there to manage everything, so starting with a mailroom to how your what your setup is for your coats, et cetera, your keys, your bag of stuff, if you have a system that's set up that everything can be in its place and those places differ depending on who you are, then from there, everything flows more easily. But that, if you were to attack one thing, if you just did your entryway and set up a mailroom that works for you, if you did it that way, you would find you're already organized. Like the other stuff is important, but that is, it's almost like the brains of the operations. Like none of us are managing Downton Abbey when it, at home, but they are households that do need management and do need a system. And, and really the center of it is the entranceway. And so that's what made us think about it, that going from room to room, because that's what we do with clients. And then obviously different personalities. Kelly, do you see a, an, an analogy between the entryway and for business, I think of the entryway as your inbox. Do you see a similar struggle with people who say, oh, you should absolutely have inbox zero. And other people say, I know where to search for it. I know where to find things. It's not that big a deal. You have in your computer should mirror what you have physically as well, because your brain doesn't work some magically different way just because it's digital. It's a little bit easier to find things on a computer because the search function that doesn't exist unless you're Mary Poppins in a physical world. In general, having an inbox, somebody is going to have a huge inbox. There's people who obsess over deleting it, everything and clearing it out. So it does tend to mirror what you do physically as well. Kelly, I want to thank you so much for joining me on my quest for the best. You've shared such great tips, starting with your inspiration of Margaret Thatcher, who helped you realize the benefits of getting up early and being tenacious and putting in the hard work. And then also having the perspective, that's not for everyone. And in fact, it's the organizing principle of your business, Pixies did it, where you can organize your way and finding the system that really works for people and one that will be sustainable is really the best kind for each person listening. We talked about Richard Branson and how writing on his hand during a CNBC interview really opened your eyes as to how important it is to find a system that works and to take personal ownership for it without embarrassment. 
it is who we are. You talked about Robin, an HR executive who was so detail oriented and she went through these huge piles, but she didn't have any systems that really worked for her until you helped her with it. And then she really came to a new level of appreciating the work that you did when you helped her resolve an issue with her fiance, who was always throwing things on top of the clothes hamper. And you said, why not just take the lid off the clothes hamper so it goes into it? And it made such an eye-opening movement for her that she really understood that's a, a very powerful method. And there's so many of these little tips all the way through your book, as well as the online quiz, which I encourage people to take on your website because it will help you be able to do this and able to understand your personality type and what the systems are that go along with it. So when you find out your personality type, then getting the book or getting a consult will really help you understand how you can organize your way. Kelly McManaman, I want to thank you for joining me on my quest for the best. Thank you so much for having me. Say, Kelly, where can we find out more about you and your work online? You can come to our website, pixiesdidit.com. Kelly McManaman, co-author of Organize Your Way, Simple Strategies for Every Personality. I want to thank you once again for joining me on My Quest for the Best. Thanks so much. Hi, this is Bill, and I hope you've enjoyed this podcast interview on My Quest for the Best. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or your favorite app, so you never miss an episode full of stories, tips, and insights for the ambitious small business leader. Now I have a quick request for you. Please go to Apple Podcasts and iTunes and give us a rating and review. My team and I really appreciate the feedback and we read every comment to find out what you enjoy and what you want as we develop new content, course materials, and a few surprises that we have in store for you. When you rate and review my quest for the best, you help other small business leaders find us, subscribe to the podcast, and join the community. You can get the Insider's e-newsletter for small business leaders by going to myquestforthebest.com. We have chosen a challenging path to make a living and make a difference in the world, and I believe it's important to share top-notch resources with each other, which is why you'll find new episodes from top thought leaders and small business experts on My Quest for the Best each week. Thanks for listening and being part of the community. See you on the next episode.